Good morning, y'all. Man, I got to be honest. I thought we'd have to wait till 1145 to have a good time. But y'all showed up today. Good job. Good job, guys. Love it so much. Man, we've talked about this at, at each one of these gatherings that we've had. Like, there are people around the world that would just give everything to get to do what we do. I mean, there's people, I mean, y- y'all know all around the world right now, people of all different languages and nations and skin colors are worshiping Jesus. Like they're celebrating the resurrection. And in some places, they're celebrating it with a whisper because that's all they're allowed to do. And in here, we're free to celebrate with a roar. And I don't think that's just a, a privilege. I think that's a responsibility. So today, everything you got, amen? All right, so I'm gonna read the Bible because I think that's a responsible thing for me to do on a day like this. And like, I wrote this message, and um, I do this frequently, probably more than a grown man should, but I wrote this message, and Amber was sitting outside my office at her office. Amber's Amber's our admin, and I came out of my office, and I was just crying. And I was like, oh, I'm crying. And she goes, what's wrong? And I said, I just wrote Easter. And she says, is it that bad? And I said, no, that's not why I'm crying. I'm excited. Like, this is the good stuff, guys. So just, just soak this in and like, Maybe somehow through the Holy Spirit, hear these words like you're hearing them for the first time, all right? John 20, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, by the way. Who do you think the disciple Jesus loved was? John who do you think wrote this book of the Bible? John. Isn't that cute that he called himself the one Jesus loved in the book he wrote? My brother's a pastor. That's the kind of stuff you'd do if you had written the book. <laughs> I would call myself the brother of the one Jesus loved because I'm the most humble person you know, but not. So, all right. So anyway, let's get back to the story. So the stone had been removed from the entrance. So, so she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Oh, this is beautiful. So Mary is headed to the tomb to see Jesus, to pay her last respects, to do, you know, funeral stuff. And, and why do you think she thinks Jesus is still dead? Because she doesn't know him. And she gets there and she's surprised. And so she begins to think, hey, someone has stolen the body. Someone, someone stole the body. I don't know where he is. Uh, Jesus is gone. Whoever took the body, we need to find him. That, that's where her mind is going. You know why that's where her mind is going? Because she doesn't know. Now, it's understandable that she would feel that way. I mean, she had just seen a couple of days before Jesus was beaten and he was tortured and they put a crown of thorns on his head and they took a spear and they thrust it into his side and blood and water hit the ground and he was dead on a cross and they put him in a tomb and he was gone. He was, he was dead. And Mary Magdalene was, was a young Jewish lady. She wasn't highly educated, but she was smart enough to know that dead Jewish men stay dead. You don't have to be a genius to know that. Dead people stay dead. She didn't know him. Verse 3. So Peter and the other disciple, John, started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. John has to mention that because it's his book. He wants to make sure you guys know he's faster than Peter. It's written by a human. Isn't that beautiful? I was first, and I reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him 
and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still laying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. <laughs> he saw and believed. But they still did not understand <laughs> from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Okay, you got three people at the tomb, right? You got John and two Peters. And John wants to make sure that you know that he believed. So he started, they're starting to get the picture. They're starting to think, okay, maybe something's up here. Maybe the body hasn't been stolen. And the reason they thought the body hadn't been stolen was because, like, if you're a grave robber, you don't typically fold the linens when you're done. If you notice in this, in this scene, the linens were placed back neatly. Now, I've always said this, grave robbers are messy people. I've said that my whole life. It's my one motto. But I guarantee you, if grave robbing is your business, you're not concerned about the neatness of the linens. So they're like, all right, something's up here, but they still don't understand. And do you know why they still don't understand? They don't know it. Verse 11, this is when it gets dicey right here. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look in the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking it was the gardener, she thought Jesus was the pool boy, the gardener. She turns around and says, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you put him, and I'll go get him. I read this this week, and I was like, Dang, Mary, what's it going to take? She's in the tomb. She sees the two angels. They look at her, and, and, and they say, why are you crying, girl? Right? And Mary's just like, oh, they took Jesus. They took Jesus. And while Mary's eyes are fixed on the angels, I picture it this way. Now, y'all know, Jesus walks up behind her and kind of puts his hand on her back and says, hey, girl. And for some reason, Jesus' voice in this sounds like Justin Timberlake to me, and I don't know why. Just, he's just cool, right? He's just cool. He's like, hey, girl, hey, girl, right? Jesus is cool. And he, hey, girl, why are you crying? Right? <laughs> it's more like Andy Sandberg, but hey, girl, why are you crying? Right? And so that's what's happening in that scene. And her eyes are fixed on the angels. And, and he's, he's talking to her. And she turns to Jesus, who's now standing beside her with his arm on her shoulder. And she says, you're the gardener. Find Jesus for me. And he's like, oh, this is great. This is great. And I love this story so much. Jesus was right there beside her, and she didn't even know him. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Except for, except, there was a time in my life when Jesus was standing right there, and I didn't even know him. Maybe you've been in the same boat. There was a time for me when Jesus was standing right beside me and I didn't even know he was there. Like he was in the room and I was in the room and I didn't even know Jesus was right there beside me. And I remember that time, but the time that I remember more are the times when I knew he was in the room and didn't want him there. So there've been times in my life when I didn't know Jesus was there, but there've been other times in my life when I knew he was there and wished he hadn't been there because I didn't know him. And maybe you've been there too. Mary is standing right there next to Jesus. And you were standing right there next to Jesus. 
And Jesus was standing right there next to you, but we just didn't know him. Here's the good news. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Raboni, which means teacher. That verse right there is where I started crying, and I'll tell you why. Mary didn't know Jesus, but Jesus knew Mary. Jesus knew Mary. And I didn't know Jesus, but Jesus knew me. And he knew every single thing about Mary. He knew her doubt. He knew her fear. He knew her pride. He, he, knew, he knew what she had done before. He remembered the day he stood between her and the rocks. He remembered the day he brought Lazarus out of the tomb. He remembered every, Jesus knows every single thing about Mary. And he says, Mary, and reaches out his hand. And listen, listen to what she says in verse 18. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples and said, I have seen the Lord. She doesn't say, I've seen the pool boy. She doesn't say, I've seen the gardener. She says, I have seen the Lord. I have seen Jesus. After she realized that he knew her, she knew him. And that is the good news of Jesus Christ. He knows you. He knows you. And she remembered, he knows me. He's the one who was there for me. He's the one who didn't leave me. He never, he, never, he never forsook me. He didn't condemn me. He stood between me and the religious people when they tried to stone me like she remembered him and he remembered her and they knew each other. And that is what Easter allows to happen for us. He knows you. Jesus never quit on Mary. And he never quit on you. You know why you're sitting here today, by the way? Some of you, th you think you're sitting here because you don't know Jesus, and you think you're sitting here because the only way you get mom's pot roast is if you come to Easter church, right? You're like, I go to Easter church, so I can get mom's pot roast. And by the way, if your mom has pot roast, you should bring 10% to the temple. Everybody knows that. Sort of, a, sort of a church rule if you're new. But like, you think you're here to get mama's pot You're not here to get mama's pot roast. You're here because the God of all creations knows your name. And you don't know him yet, but you're about to. And seeds are being planted that one day when you're going to realize there's nothing else, he's going to go, ah, it's me, remember? And others of us are here, and we've been snubbing him all year long. We treated Jesus like we were seeing our ex-girlfriend at Kroger. <laughs> right? And he's like, no. It's time for you to stop being embarrassed about me and start acting like you know me. That's where life is. Let's listen to what John 17 says. This is so good. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. This is life. And there is no life outside of this. And you want proof of this? How many of you, let's be honest for just a second, how, how many of you looked for life everywhere else before you got to Jesus? Come on, raise your hands, be honest. Me too. And what did we find in those places? Death. We found death. We looked for life everywhere else. This was not our first option, if we're honest. 
Jesus the Christ wasn't the first option for most of us. We tried a bunch of other things and what we found was death. And what we have realized is he knew me the whole time. I acted like I didn't know him and now I can know him. And in that there is life, real life, the kind of life I was created to experience. And guys, you you can spend the rest of your life searching for life and you will never find it until you're willing to know him and act like you do. He came so that we might have life. And life is exactly what we have. And can you imagine, man, someone who knows every single thing about you and still they're proud to claim you? And still they're proud to claim you I mean, he doesn't just know the stuff you told your small group. He doesn't know that unspoken sin you're talking about, everyone praying about on Facebook. He knows everything, everything. And still he claims you. And if you want to experience life, claim him. The Easter story is not complicated. It's just hard. It's easy to understand. It's hard to live. This is life. And my prayer is this, that there is someone today in this room right now, and I pray to God, I've been praying for this, there is someone in this room right now who doesn't know God. And what I'm about to say, you're going to think is cruel until you know God. And I pray that there's someone in this room right now or online who doesn't know God, I pray that you become so broken that you realize the only way to have life is by giving your life to Jesus Christ. And that sounds cruel until you know him. And once you know him, you're going to know that was the kindest thing I ever prayed for you. And for those of us who do know him, my prayer is that for the rest of the year, we act like we know him. That we act no matter what. If it's Rona round four, we act like we know him. No matter what happens, we act like we know him because that is life. It's Easter, guys. The king is alive. Do you know him? Act like it. Amen.